It's Thanksgiving Day, and Tommy and Jimmy are ready to celebrate with the family. Hey, Jimmy, I brought the Fenway churros for dessert. And a DVD of the Red Sox 2018 World Series. Yeah, but where's the turkey? Uh, the turkey's in the backyard. You know, Uncle Rudy and Aunt Julie, they're going to go ahead and deep fry it this year. Well, how long do they have to thaw that turkey? Thaw? <coughs> well, at least we can give thanks this year for the return of Alex Cora. Is he coming for dinner, too? Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Carpet, your host for this Thanksgiving edition with none other than my co-host, Mr. Brandon Noway. How you doing this Thanksgiving day, Brandon? I'm doing pretty good, Mark. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic, Brandon. Thank you for asking. I'm real excited right now. You know, you think the World Series is over and baseball must be done until spring training, but no, that's not the case. A lot of things going on here during this Thanksgiving time, including a lot of things popping up on the hot stove, ready for Thanksgiving. Hopefully nothing pops up quite as much as it did for Tommy and Jimmy there a moment ago. <laughs> but we've got a lot to talk about today. And Brandon, I'm looking curious to hear what you've got to say once we go from the hot stove to the Goofy Gobbler Awards. So what are you seeing going on in the wild world of baseball, Mr. Brandon? It's been a little bit slow so far, and that's kind of to be expected. The hot stove kicking off and all the outside factors going on. You know, a lot of the financial questions around teams with the shortened season. And only had one really big signing with Charlie Morton going to the Braves on a one-year $15 million deal. Yeah, that's one thing you got to remember. Uh, while I was a little surprised to hear that about Charlie Morton, not really when you think about Eric Neander and how he actually goes ahead and manages that team of the Rays. So it's not surprising to see him mix up the recipe, go from a deep-fried turkey one year and maybe a turkey free fricassee the next. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing with the Rays. Every year looks looks completely different. Like the team last year will look completely different than the team this coming year, and then this coming year will look completely different from the team the year after that. And they, they do all that, and they still find ways to be competitive, which honestly still confuses me. I don't know how they do it. One thing about the Rays, you're probably not going to see a lot of legacy players that used to be part of almost a tradition with many Major League Baseball teams. But what you are going to see is some movement. You may see some one-year contracts, much like Alex Anthelopoulos just did with uh, Charlie Morton with the Rays. I mean, Charlie was sitting there with the Rays looking at $11 million potential agreement. And when Alex sees something hot on the stove, he's ready to act. Alex offers him $15 million for a one-year agreement. I think that really hit it for, for Charlie. When you think also, too, he started with the Braves. When spring training comes, it's going to be down there with the Braves around Sarasota in Cool Today Park. That's just probably minutes away from Charlie Morton's home in Bradenton. Yeah, and I don't blame him for not wanting to take a pay cut with the Rays. You know? At least he stayed like, open to it. and Everything from what I've seen from Buster Olney, it was... Basically, either he's re-signing with the Rays at a pay cut or he's going to the Braves. The Braves have an equal, if not better, chance of making it and winning a World Series as the Rays do. And I can make maybe twice as much money and about the same as I was last year. So I don't blame him for going to Atlanta. And you know, now that he is going to the Braves, I don't blame him either. 
all things considered, and we'll miss him. But he'll also be catching up with an old catcher friend of his, Travis Darno. Yeah, another guy we wish didn't leave town. Well, and you know, too, with the changes that the Rays are making, it would be interesting to see if they brought Wilson Ramos back. Yeah, that, that could be possible. Because, I mean, we've talked off the air, and we honestly don't know who the next catcher is. Because we thought it was Perez, and look at him, he's gone. Well, anything's possible when it comes to the Rays. And Eric Neander is obviously very open to a lot of things. And he lets other folks know, hey, guess what? I am ready to trade if you are. I am ready and willing to put Blake Snell up here on the block. He's not saying, oh, we want to get rid of Blake, but he's open to listening to potential deals. And I think that's kind of the nature of how things are going to be with Major League Baseball. You know, if you do look at Snell as possibly being ready for a trade, it would be interesting because we see Charlie Morton, and he does have an affinity for the Rays is where he started. And we also talked about his home and being near to Sarasota where the spring train would be. And if you look at Snell, some people out there are saying, well, you know, maybe he'd be a good fit for the Mariners. And the thing for Snell, he that's where he grew up. He grew up in Seattle. So I'm sure he wouldn't say no to it if he had a choice, especially after the way some of the things went in the World Series. Eric doesn't close up the kitchen. He's ready to deal. Bring in some more ingredients and we'll see what we can cook up. Yeah, and... You know, I don't, I don't really blame Neander for you know being open to trading guys. You know, that's you know good business, as they say. But honestly, I don't think now would be a good time to trade Snell because not only do you not have any other starting pitchers outside of him and Glass now, all the other guys are either hurt or in the minors still, not ready to come up to major leagues. But trade him are you really going to be able to get the best value for him to where if it was a, a normal situation well that's a good point i mean i don't really know what's normal anymore sure so so what are they but they're paying like now they're paying him about uh seven eight nine million i believe it's around 13 to 14 13 to 14 million well you know that's a hefty price but from what he's able to deliver i'd really be sad to see if they trying to trade him out i don't know if others could afford to pick up the price tag I don't, I'm not like 100% opposed to trading him. It's just something I don't think I would do right now. You know, just like maybe wait another year or two. That way you're closer to the free agency and, you know, maybe it's more normal and you can maybe get a better, better haul for him. That's true, Brandon. We'll just see, have to see how that plays out for Blake and the Rays. You know, another player that's getting a lot of action on the hot stove, and that's DJ LeMayhew. I mean, look at that player. He's been fantastic in the way he's grown. Not only for the Yankees is he great at the bat, but they can put him anywhere out there in first, second, or third baseman. He can really deliver. Yeah, I remember his career was kind of like at a crossroads when he came to the Yankees. and He has performed like fantastic. He's been one of the best players over the past couple of years ever since he went to New York. He's going to earn himself a really big paycheck because of that now. Yeah, and very well-deserved, too, for all that D.J. LeMahieu has done. I know also a teammate of his, the pitcher J.A. Happ, is out there looking around. He's a pitcher who's turned 38, and like a lot of pitchers right now, he might just be getting a single-year contract. But another one you brought up in our conversations, what's going on with the Astros? Yeah, I was going through Twitter the other day, and I saw that Rosenthal tweeted out from multiple sources that Houston is open to trading Carlos Correa. And that the big reason is because they believe that he's unlikely to resign with them after next year when he's a free agent. And they've talked to many people, 
including Jackie Bradley Jr. about possibly playing center to replace Correa. I mean, that makes sense for the Astros. They still have a sense of being able to control Correa right now, and they won't next year. So as long as they can control that, why not go ahead and, if they don't think he's going to be staying with them, let's go ahead and trade him now. Yeah, and Correa is honestly the name I didn't expect to come up at all. Maybe because I don't really pay attention to the Astros as much. But I, I, the only time I really heard is you know, Springer possibly leaving. I never heard anything about Correa. And, you know, I thought they'd want to try everything to keep him, especially with Springer possibly leaving. Well, the stove keeps getting hotter, and so do the rumors. I know we heard a few other things. What did you uh, – you picked up a few things about the Mets, didn't you, Brandon? Yeah, they got the new owner coming in, Steve Cohen, and you know he's got money and he wants to – not spend a huge amount, but, you know, go out there, get free agents. And Ruster only tweeted out that the Mets are targeting more than one of the big four free agents, which is Springer, Rio Muto, Bauer, and Lindor. And I wanted to throw in there, what if they possibly could go after LeMahieu? Because Cano played second and LeMahieu can't play second, and Cano's suspended for the year. So why wouldn't, couldn't they try and go after him as well? Yeah, I mean, right now, what's that going to save them? About uh, $20 million a year for two years, with him being out 162 games. Of course, I don't know if we'll have 162 games in 2021. What, how would you think that'd work out, Brandon? I mean, if they only played 80 games this year, would it mean next year if they were backed up to 160, they'd miss the first 80? I, I honestly don't know because, I mean, Hinch and Lunau were suspended for a year. They never really clarified was it a calendar year or 162 games, so. Who knows? Well, Van Man, I'm thinking probably it meant just for the season because Alex Cora is able to come back this year. That makes more sense. And Hintz is with the Tigers. Yeah, and as long as we're lo- looking at the big picture, it's interesting to see that the new uh, the new GM for the Mets, Sandy Alderson, he's bringing Tim Tebow up. <laughs> yeah, Tim Tebow, he's as you know, he's beloved around these parts. You know, being a Florida Gators quarterback. And, you know, he, he was a little late to the ball game joining minor leagues. And, you know, a lot of people didn't like it because, you know, he's, he's taken up a roster spot in spring training for a kid that maybe deserves it. And, you know, he hasn't played the greatest. He hasn't been the worst either. But, you know, he didn't get to play last year because he wasn't good enough to make the practice squad. And he missed the year before because he was injured. And, you know, they kind of said that they didn't want to end it because of that. So maybe give him you know, more of a fair shot this coming year. And maybe he can make the big club. Well, Tim Timbo is more than a ball player. He's a presence. He's somebody that's almost a celebrity with a lot of people, above and beyond baseball. So I think he would certainly bring a few more eyes and maybe a few more dollars being spent to the stadium with him on the field. He's a really likable guy, too, because, you know, he, he's a religious guy. And he also, like, he tries to help people. And, you know, he treats everybody well. Of course, being on ESPN, a lot of people want to see him because of that as well. So you could think that could be a pretty big marketing tool for the Mets as well. I think Tim Tebow has been very careful about cultivating a good, strong image. I mean, and I believe that's true to his character, not something he's just trying to manifest out there. His career and what he can do for the Mets, those things actually helped him. So I believe he's a genuine guy, and I believe those characteristics will help the Mets as well. Now let's talk about another baseball player who's rather colorful, 
and that's Mr. Trevor Bauer. Trevor spent the last year with the Reds, and with a one-year contract, made $17.5 million. Hmm. He's going to get a big payday. Looking around here, I see some things, too, where John Hamans was suggesting that the Giants might pick him up for about $150 million for a five-year contract. Would Trevor go for that? What do you think? I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me, but he, of course, won the Cy Young, was the best pitcher in the NL. And that says something because, you know, you had you Darvish and uh, Syndergaard. He was great as well. And, you know, he's going to cash in on that. And I don't know where he's going to go, when he's going to sign. It could be tomorrow. It could be in spring training. Who knows? But it'll definitely be something worth following. Yeah, everything I've heard and seen from him, it's uh, he's more interested in long term and he wants to go to an organization that's more like analytics based. So I don't know a whole lot about you know the other analytics teams. I believe the Angels are the Cubs, the Red Sox even now with High Bloom coming there. So it it could be really interesting to see where he lands. Well, you never know what's going to be cooking up on the hot stove around Thanksgiving. And looking around, I thought we'd have a few more. Plates boiling up there, but it, evidently that's not the case. It was interesting to see how many of those plates got cold. Back in 2019, two big plates, and that was Mr. Manny Machado. He wasn't signing up anything in November or December. No, his contract with the Padres wasn't signed until February 19th in 2019. And opening day was March 28th. But also in February is when all the uh, spring training started. So he was coming a little late. He hung out there for until February 19, 2019. What he netted from that, or I should say grossed from that, is a $300 million deal over 10 years. And if you thought February 19th was late in 2019, Mr. Bryce Harper hung out there until February 28th. And he signed up with the Phillies with an agreement for 13 years and $300 and $30 million. Woof. Yeah, that, that was like the never-ending saga of, you know, who's going to sign first, where are they going to sign, when will they sign? Because, you know, the winter went through, and it was a little slow that year. Nobody really signed until, like, January, it felt like. And the two big names didn't sign until February when spring training had already opened up for a couple of weeks. And it just felt like they were never going to sign. And eventually they did, and they got a they got paid pretty well, and I wish I could have that paycheck. But, you know, could this year be like that as well with, you know, all the financial ramifications we've had from this year? You make a good point about the economics of the situation. A lot of times I wonder if teams right now are going to say, okay, yes, we're making deals for 2021, but I'm going to hold back some cash. I want to have something when 2022 comes around. I want to have some cash. Maybe the free agents from the class of 2022 might be more attractive. Maybe there'll be some more deals. Maybe I'll be doing something more with my farm system. And agents like D.D. Gregorius will be there in 2022. Yeah, teams could be thinking that. And I wonder if you know, players could be thinking that as well. Like maybe, hey, I'll take a one-year deal. Maybe around what I did this year, maybe a little bit more. But I'll wait until I get paid next year, which you know, is a heck of a risk. But, you know. You're betting on yourself that you'll perform just as well, if not better, and that the you know the season will be more full and complete, and teams will have more money to work with. 
Well, Brandon, here we are. It's Thanksgiving, man. But looking at the hot stove, it's going to be different this year. Thanksgiving is going to be different for a lot of folks. And that's true also of the owners and the managers. Normally, they have a winter meeting, usually around the second week of December. This year, that's not going to be held at a conference hall. It's going to be held with Zoom meetings. I'm curious to see how that works. All the little polite conversations that are had at the bar. It's going to be more direct this year with those Zoom calls. I'm really curious to see how that change, if it changes anything at all. I wonder what that'll be like. It'll definitely be something worth, you know, monitoring just to see how much is different. Anything's different or the whole thing is different. Okay. That in mind, I have to realize Zoom calls are going to be something a lot of people are using for this Thanksgiving. One of the things we'd like to go ahead and lighten up the holidays with is our own 2020 Goofy Gobbler Awards. So what have you got to serve up this Thanksgiving? Well, I got a lot of great awards and I'll start off by saying that very great to be back for the second year in a row. This very prestigious award ceremony and back out here at Gapper Tux's yet again. I got a lot of dishes I'd like to serve up to you and I'd like to hear what you think of the Black Friday Award coming back this year. Black Friday Award, is is that something that's a great deal or, or something more ominous? For our new listeners who may not have tuned into last year's Goofy Gobblers, this goes to someone who has mastered the art of saving and or refusing to spend any money. And that distinction went to the one and only Stu Sternberg last year. So we're talking about somebody who's looking for the great deal. And as you said, Stu got it last year. So who's going to get it this year? That distinct honor for 2020 goes to Rob Manfred for MLB setting record revenue for years in a row. But he still wants to cut minor league teams to save money. And he also led negotiations of the 2020 season, which was a disaster, with the biggest issue being salaries and not wanting to pay players very much. And they backed out of their deal for prorated salaries, which made the most sense. You know, you play 50% of the games, you get 50% of the pay, which everybody had agreed to, but that was not enough for good old Robbie. I'm not surprised that Rob Manford won that this year. How some of the tactics that the MLB has taken to make sure they earn those extra dollars. All right, coming up next is the Dry Turkey Award, which goes to the biggest disappointment. The nominees this year are Kristen Yelich, who was the 2019 MVP, hit 329 with a 429 on base, 1,100 OPS, 44 homers, and 97 RBIs, and only 130 games. But in 2020, disappointing. In 58 games, he hit 205, 356 on base percentage, 786 OPS, only 12 homers, and 22 RBIs. We also have the LA Angels who are 26 and 34, fourth in the NL West. Started out horribly at 9 and 22, but they ended 17 and 12. So went on a little bit of a run there, but you know, it wasn't enough in the end. And also with guys like Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout on your team, that seems like it would be a recipe for a pretty good team, but apparently that wasn't enough. And guys like Pujols, Upton, and Otani, who were both on the mound and at the plate, disappointed. So the Angels are a second number. And the third nominee goes to the defending champion Washington Nationals, who are 26 and 34 and last in the NL East, where even though they lost Rendon and Strasburg, who was to injury, they had most of the roster returning. And Juan Soto and Trey Turner, they performed as expected MVP candidates, but that wasn't enough as guys like Scherzer and pretty much their whole pitching rotation underperformed. 
causing them to finish last in the NL East. So those are your nominees for our the Dry Turkey Award of 2020. And the winner of the award is Christian Yelich. The Brewers fans might not like me because I, I kind of bagged on their team a lot and called them disappointing. And, you know, they were, but especially Yelich after what he did last year. Yeah, Brandon, I have to say I, I agree with you about uh, Christian Yelich. And I see why you're pointing your finger at him, but I think, you know, even a lot of the Brewers fans have to be of that same mindset. Yeah, that, that's true. They probably do have a similar mindset, but there's probably a little small, small amount that don't like me for saying that. Yeah, the truth always hurts. And I'd like to try my hand at some of these awards. Ooh, go ahead. Well, now that you've served up the dry turkey, I think it's only fair that I bring in the side dish of some green beans. This award has to go to people who have to accept something a little more difficult than they were planning for. This year, the Green Bean Award is shared, and that's between A.J. Hinch and Alex Cora for their sterling performance with the Astros and sign stealing. Guys, you've been sent down to the kids' table, and make sure you eat all your green beans. Hey, look who's coming up to join them. It's Robinson Cano. Again, the award is shared by Mr. Hinch, Mr. Cora, and Mr. Cano. So, eat up, guys. It's a pretty expensive table to sit at. Yes, indeed, Brandon. And Robinson Cano, with his 162-game suspension, certainly has a place at the table. I hope he likes those green beans. They only cost $20 million this year. That should buy him some extra seasoning for his green beans. <laughs> They're be pretty good green beans. Yeah, I like a little bacon fat for seasoning my green beans. You know, it's not very healthy for you, like some of the decisions these guys made. <laughs> I like fried green beans, personally. Mmm. Let's take a look at the menu again. It's the Turkey of the Year Award. Yes, you can't do Thanksgiving without the turkey. That's the centerpiece. And this year, we have plenty of nominees for that. We'll start out with Justin Turner, who tested positive for the coronavirus in Game 6 was told to leave and isolate from the team. But of course, they came back and they won the game, where he then blew past security and celebrated with teammates and families on the field with no mask. While his manager is a cancer survivor, and he is nominated because he couldn't follow simple rules, and he also was not punished in any bit because he was considered remorseful. Our second nominee goes to, once again, Robert Manfred, slash the MLB for having no backbone, especially in the Astros debacle where they gave players immunity and no suspensions, where Hinch was suspended a year, but he did not serve a full year slash full season, and handling the Justin Turner situation with no suspensions or fines because he was considered remorseful. And he won't fix the obvious problems with baseball, such as three and a half hour to four hour games and poor marketing ability. And last but not least, of course, I got to nominate this team, but the New York Yankees for Turkey of the Year. They have the highest payroll at roughly $254 million on opening day. They were eliminated in the ALDS by team with the second lowest in the Rays, which is roughly $72 million. They blamed their early losses on injuries, even though other teams, such as the Rays, had just as many injuries, if not more, and were fine and still winning. And they referred to themselves as savages, but they would whine when anybody stood up to them 
did anything that slightly offended him, such as throwing inside. And those are the nominees for Turkey of the Year, and the honor goes to Rob Manfred yet again. <laughs> He's taking home the hardware this year. Well deserved, well deserved. Mr. Manfred, well, we'll talk about him a little bit more later. And a metal medal. And you know, I think there should be one more person for consideration on that award, Brandon. And that'd be Mr. Zach Plesak. You know, you think back during as things were getting started, and while everybody was underneath this COVID umbrella and had to stay, have certain protocols where they couldn't go out and everybody stay in the hotel, he did go out and you know, didn't have the best behavior going out partying and then sneaking back into the hotel. <laughs> and he, in, his, in his apology video, he was driving on the highway with no seatbelt on. <laughs> multiple <laughs> fender, multiple offender. Okay, let's see. Next on the Goofy Gobbler Award menu, we have the Shake and Bake Award. Now, there's a childhood meal memory. You know, you just grab that old chicken and you put it in a bag full of nutrients. Well, maybe not nutrients, just a bunch of crumbs and some seasoning. You never know what you're going to get until you finish shaking it and you put it in the oven and give it the old taste test. And this year's Shake and Bake Award goes to none other than the Astros owner, Mr. Jim Crane for his spectacular performance of shaking and baking his statements with the press. You know, first he comes out with that confession. He says, you know, we're so sorry and all the terrible things we've done with all this. And here's these guys that, that did it wasn't me, you know. And not only on top of that, he bakes a little bit more with another truth saying, you know, it doesn't really matter because we would have won that World Series anyway without sign stealing. Those kind of apologies generally don't seem sincere and they don't really take with the people that they're being given to. Now, that's some kind of apology. It's sort of like when people say, you know, I, I'm sorry if anybody took offense to my actions. That's not actually saying, you know, well, I, I did something wrong. Heck, let's not accept any kind of blame. Because, you know, even if I did those actions, I mean, it really doesn't matter anyway, does it? <laughs> that doesn't stick with most people. Come on. <laughs> well, that's why Jim Crane gets Shake and Bake Award, because taking his own ideas and truths, you know, Shaking them up, baking them up, throwing them at the wall, and see if anybody will actually pick it up and eat it. I like that. Not only is it make me think of Ricky Bobby and Shake and Bake, but also because, you know, it's pretty much like a, a Shake and Bake. You just, you know, throw it out there and you just you see what happens. Yeah, and that's just what he did. <laughs> well, as we move on here with the Goofy Gobbler Awards with Baseball Biz, I like the next one you put together here. It's the All-American Award. The All-American Award to me is something... It's all American, something everybody loves. And there are multiple nominees for this one, and honestly, both of these guys easily could have won it. We'll start off with Mookie Betts. Honestly, I think he's the most exciting player in baseball to watch. I think he plays the game the right way. He plays it hard. He has a great arm. He can hit homers. He can he can hit singles, and then he can just steal bases on you. And plus, he makes Boston fans sad to see what he's doing in L.A., so... You make Boston fans mad, you make me happy, and that automatically qualifies you for an All-American award. And our second and final nominee goes to the one and only G-Man Choi, who was nominated last year as well, as he is always smiling, he's beloved by all, and his crazy stretches at first base in the playoffs, and his big plays at first and at the play as well, earned him this nomination as he praise and love on social media all around the world and baseball world. And after eliminating Houston, he live streamed himself in the dugout, 
smoking a cigar, and stepping and banging on a trash can. So G-Man Choi nominated for an All-American Award. And the winner of the 2020 All-American Award goes to G-Man Choi. Oh, yeah, G-Man Choi. That was a fantastic selection. I mean, that guy brings so much to the team. Not only just his skill, whether it's at bat or first base, but the, the energy. You know, he, he keeps those rays going out there. When you're looking at him, he seems to be always smiling. And when he's on working first base and there's somebody there as far as a base runner, he seems to be chatting it up all the time. Like I said, the cigar stoking and smoking. And then I know in 2019, the wife and I were there at a game, and the crowd was crazy. They've been singing, you know, they've been chanting, let's go raise, let's go raise, let's go raise. And then G-Man Choi came up, and the chant changed. Same melody, if you will, same rhythm. And they're saying, G-Man Choi, G-Man Choi. And it's, that had to bring a, a smile to his face. It certainly made me happy. So I, I have to say, man, that, that was a great choice with G-Man Choi. Yeah. Every time I see him, I think of the killer from V for Vendetta, where he's walking around with a smile on his face, but he'll kill you in an instant at the back, with his bat. He won't do it all the time. You know, sometimes you know, he'll strike out because you have to. You're ready. That's, that's a qualifier. But when he does it, he can kill you. And we saw it with those big hits in the postseason this year. Yeah, I think you made a great selection there with G-Man Choi. And I was glad to see that you also mentioned Mookie Betts. It was a very tough tough decision on this one, but I, I had to go to the, go with the G-Man. All righty then. Let's take a look at where we are with these 2020 Goofy Gobbler Thanksgiving Awards. And we've had the Black Friday Award, the Dry Turkey Award, the Turkey of the Year Award, the All-American Award, Green Beans Award, and now we'll wrap it up with the Rusty Fork Award. And drumroll, please, who does this go to? It goes to the person who brought a little tarnish to the silver. And I'm talking to none other than Mr. Rob Manfred. Rob, he had a misstep earlier this year when he was speaking about the World Trophy. There was, well, excuse me, when he spoke about the World Series Trophy, when there was a lot of talk about taking away the 2017 trophy from the Astros. And Rob referred to that trophy as a piece of metal. <laughs> he was trying to de-emphasize trying to take away the trophy from 2017 for the Astros, but he failed miserably. And what happened with that, of course, was the baseball community had such a large outcry with this that Rob Manfred had to really schedule another press conference, meaning just him and one other person, for him to say he was sorry. He should never have called it a piece of metal. That was disrespectful, and he would never do it again. So, the Rusty Fark Award goes to Mr. Rob Manfred. Man, R Rob Manfred is having one of the greatest nights in award, award show history. I mean, he's absolutely cleaning house out here this year. Well, since Rob Manfred made such a big impact on the baseball industry, it wasn't surprising that he did actually appear in more than one award this season. But... You know, there, there is a saving grace to this season, and I wonder if we could talk a little bit more about that, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have to have a lot of light and fun on this show, as you see here, with basically taking shots at everybody in the baseball world. Well, and this on a little bit more of a serious note with the Thanksgiving Award, which is pretty much what we're thankful for. And last year, the award went to Jeffrey Vinnick, the owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And this year... I think the award goes to sports returning in 2020 because it went away for a while. 
We had nothing to do, nothing to talk about. We pretty much locked in our houses for months on end. But then it returned and it gave us a sense of normalcy, even though nothing was normal and is normal. Even when they came back, it's not normal because you have guys on guys in masks, everybody spaced out, no fans in the stands, games canceled because of guys testing positive. And it makes us more appreciative of full stadiums. Like I watch old games. It's like, wow, I can't wait for that to come back. And you know, one day it will. I mean, it won't be today, it won't be next week. I won't even be next year, but one day the full stadiums will come back and we'll be normal again. Well, Brandon, I think you're right on the mark there with Thanksgiving Award. We do have a lot to be thankful for this year. I mean, we did have a season. There's a lot of tough things still going on, but as much as we picked on, say, Rob Manfred, I think we need to give him kudos and also especially Mr. Tony Clark from the Major League Baseball Players Association for coming together, you know, trying to put together some COVID protocols that would allow MLB and the players to have some kind of season for the fans to enjoy. So I want to say thank you to those folks and certainly to you for this Thanksgiving Goofy Gobbler Award show. Yeah, it wasn't the prettiest, pretty much in all sports, it wasn't the prettiest scenarios, but they came back and they finished their seasons and they should be commended for it. That's why we gave them this award. Well, that pretty much wraps it up here for the Goofy Gobbler Awards of 2020. We hope you all are enjoying a fantastic Thanksgiving. And take a moment during this day to be thankful. Go ahead and reflect on you know all the great things that we have had this year during a difficult time. Simple little things like baseball have been part of that. So I'm thankful for that. And also think of how we can take action to be thankful. And maybe something as simple as contributing to a food bank, helping someone else out in the family, or someone you don't even know at all. Brandon, you got any other final thoughts to share with our audience? Uh, just thank you, everybody, for listening. And hopefully we can come back next year and we're not canceled and we can do another edition of the Goofy Gobbler Awards. Well, there you have it, everybody. Thank you again for joining us on this Thanksgiving and celebrating the 2020 Baseball Biz Goofy Gobbler Awards. Had a lot of fun with it on this episode, and we're going to be doing a lot more fun in future episodes as well. Hey, if you need to reach me, you can reach Baseball Biz at The Baseball Biz on Twitter, and you can reach Brandon at The Sports Blitz 1. Again, you can find Baseball Biz at The Baseball Biz on Twitter, as well as Brandon at the Sports Blitz one Well, again, thank you, Brandon, and thank all our listeners for a fantastic year. Look forward to talking with you again real soon. Special thanks to X-Take RUX for providing the music rocking forward.